700 dozen oysters, I heard, went by 4 o'clock. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. 700 dozen? I've got about uh, 20 dozen unchucked, which I'll be popping up later at the distillery. Oh, nice work. Okay, take note, everybody. That's it. Oh, Speaking of oysters and caviar, I think there's only one thing better to top that off other than uh, Southern Rock Lobster would be abalone. Abalone. Abalone, Hillary. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, everybody. Please welcome... Well, we're going to discuss abalone. It's a subject, I think... a little bit misunderstood in some circles, not in all. It's my great pleasure to introduce one of the directors of the Apollo Bay um, Co-op, Seafood Co-op. Kaz Batasca, please welcome. We've also got Pete Hilke from the Abalone Council of Victoria and Josh Cahill from the Abalone Council of Victoria. Please welcome our next guests. Also, Kaz, you are the one of, um, you are from Cansom Australia. Could you please tell us, Cansom manages different kinds of seafood according to your website, but I want to talk about abalone because I'd like you to tell us what it is and why it is, because I've, every creature everywhere has, an, has a purpose. So what is abalone and why is it? It's, it's, a, it's a snail, basically, a gastropod, so it only has one shell. Uh, and I, when I come down to Apollo Bay and I listen to uh, to Nick and Frosty and all the guys talk and Marcus and uh, it's lobster, lobster, lobster. I'm an abalone, abalone, abalone. <laughs> <laughs> and there are lots of abalone just out there, right? But we don't know much about it. So it's a very interesting question. And the reality of abalone is that uh, uh, for centuries, for thousands of years, not just for centuries, uh, it, it's been considered to be the, the absolute top of the food tree uh, in terms of status within in Asian culture, okay. So, <clears throat> if your daughter was getting married and you didn't have abalone at the uh, the wedding, you didn't rate. So, if you had uh, dignitaries coming to visit you and you didn't feed abalone, that was it. If you look at the shape of an abalone, and you may or may not be familiar with it, but there's a a, a Chinese gold ingot, and it's actually shaped. Some say like a hat, but uh, actually it has very similar shapes to an abalone. So there are a whole heap of factors that have given it this status. It's considered to be extremely healthy and very good for you in many ways. I don't know whether the the ladies agree on some of the health benefits that uh, men ascribe to, but anyway, uh, (laughs) abalone has that that mystique in the Asian culture. The interesting thing is that Australia has had probably one of the largest resources of wild abalone uh, since, since the abalone industry took off the ground. Was it, wasn't it also a, um, a food that was, would have been eaten and harvested through indigenous, First Nations people for centuries and Definitely. thousands and thousands are, of the years? The middens are, are absolutely loaded with abalone. And yeah. I, I you know, and I'm, can't wait for some, somebody from the indigenous community to come out and give me the best recipe because uh, uh, I'd like to know. And yes. I, <coughs> I can imagine, but that. I'd love to know. And we've tried to play around with it, actually, in terms of using, uh, you know, bush foods and so forth. Yes. Uh, but they've been eating it longer than the Chinese, actually. So, I'm sure. So uh, that, that's, that's a factor. When the white person came along, um, they found, uh, of course, you've got to look at the history of uh, cuisine culture. Uh, Which is fascinating. You know, it, uh, yeah. it, was, it was British, and we all know about British cuisine culture, don't we? Mm. Particularly some time ago. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> Everyone's snoozing. Quick, keep going. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll stick my head up, no problem. <laughs> and uh, it's, if you cook it, 
it becomes like a rock. It's absolutely uh, inedible. Uh, so it's not difficult to get the wrong impression uh, about abalone. Very easy to get that impression. Uh, there are ways to make it tender. I mean, look at octopus. Octopus was not a very popular dish in Australia. Uh, but people know how to cook it now, and everybody loves octopus. Uh, abalone, th the reason abalone has not really taken off in Australia is because the price that was being demanded by the overseas market for a, a, a rare species has been such that there's been no incentive mm -hmm. to sell it domestically. Okay? Now, my personal view is look after home first on all of our products. And you know, from beef to, to fruit and vegetables, I really get annoyed when the best stuff gets shipped offshore. Mm -hmm. So how uh, do we bring it back? How do we how do we make <coughs> well, how do we we have make to, it appealing to us? We have to educate to people. And I'll, yes. look, I'll, I'll hand over to these two for uh, uh, Peter and and, and Josh, Josh, Josh uh, to you for a moment in terms of the development, Abalone Victoria Council, what are you doing that is different to the rest of the country to make us all want to buy it, take it home, got abalone for dinner? Uh, to start with, some of the things that we've been doing is attending events like these seafood festivals. So, for example, yesterday Pete handed out probably close to 500 samples of abalone to people. Um, this is not something that we've done a lot of in the past. Um, there were hundreds of people coming up to our tent saying that they'd never tried abalone before, they didn't know where to buy abalone, they'd only ever had it before when it had been caught by a friend, cooked for half an hour, it tastes like a shoe, <laughs> all, that, all that sort of stuff. Um, so part, yes. of, part of what we're doing is helping to educate people in the way that it needs to be prepared. Mm -hmm. um, as well as where it can be purchased. One of the great things here, Apollo Bay Co-op has started selling it, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. As um, Cass had sort of touched on, it had historically been a product that was largely exported. Yes. Um, but we're slowly increasing um, our, I guess, share of the domestic market. Ultimately, it would be fantastic if all of this product was consumed in Victoria. Yeah. Um, but we're still not at yeah. a point yet where there's the level of demand for that to take place. D did the um, pandemic change the spotlight in terms of you wanted to bring it back to a domestic market? Was that well? Look, there's the logic is is frustrating because uh, I mean a lot of people can't see the wood for the trees, uh, and we won't get into who who can't see the wood for the trees. But the reality is, if you've got a limited resource and you have a country. Uh, and a state as beautiful as Victoria, you've got the Great Ocean Road, why not import the eaters to Australia to eat it, experience it, enjoy it, and perhaps take some back home, rather than us putting it on a ship, giving a, a middleman a commission and a, and a, and a whole load of paperwork, uh, a cost associated, make this a place to come and experience and enjoy our It would be more affordable. Because so it's the more, more we can sell here, from my point of view, the better. And the better for the country. And in terms of new developments, part of this talk, what are some of the new developments in the industry? Um, some of the things that have been really beneficial for us um, as an industry, we've worked pretty constructively with VFA for them to enable us to sell straight off the boat, um, which has been uh, taken up by, there are some divers down in Portland, Port Campbell. Um, I was doing a little bit of off-the-boat sales around the Melbourne area a few years ago as well. Yep. Um, that's the kind of thing that um, previously hadn't been permitted uh, to be done because there was extremely tight restrictions on where abalone could be harvested and landed. Right. Um, and VFA were able to 
um, issue permits and relax some of those restrictions um, to enable us to deal more direct with members of the public. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, so things like that have been great. Um, yeah. Pete uh, has started working with us probably 18 months ago. Pete's been working with um, a lot of the TAFEs in and around Melbourne and um, culinary training institutions where he's teaching um, a lot of the younger students about how to actually prepare this product. It's not something that they've come across before. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, yeah, that's some of the stuff that Pete's been doing. Well, let's, on that, because we only have, I'm so sorry about the restricted time today, but on that, let's go. How yes. do, firstly, teaching, where are you teaching it? And then what do we do with it? I want to take some abalone home tonight. What am I going to do? Like, are, you gonna are you going to take, okay, so, so yeah, well, first up, first. Uh, if we look at William Angelus, for example, there's some great young chefs, uh, some very prominent chefs throughout this country really have gone through William Angelus. So part of what, what I'm doing there is going in doing life masterclasses with them. Right, so we're teaching them how to actually shuck the abalone, completely clean it up, tin <coughs> beak it. Yep. Um, you know, the frill around the abalone, trim that off, and then, well, give it a good old pounding. Did anyone see Pete's class yesterday? Cooking demonstration yesterday? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah, because what did you do in terms of pounding? I thought it, you made a well, point. Yeah, you made uh, a point, which I thought was great. Well, um, okay, so when you actually tenderise an abalone, one, don't do it on a trestle table. If you're staying at an air, yeah. If you're staying at an Airbnb, do not do it on any of their tables, <laughs> especially when it's ten o'clock at night, right? But what you do is find a bit of concrete, you just put it in a clean tea towel, and you sit there and have a bit of fun, right? And what it is, and I say it's like because as soon as you actually you shuck it, you clean it up, you debeak it, you you cut the frill off, and then all of a sudden it's all tight, yes, right? And then so, and this is this way. You go like that and you go, oh, yeah, God, that's tight. And so you give it a thank you very much, you know, a good, a good tenderise. Um, and then you can just, you can start to feel it really loosens up, yes. really loosens. As soon as it loosens up, it's ready to go. Mm -hmm. Nice thin slices. And then literally the best thing is do not ever put oil in your pan, ever, okay. when you cook abalone. Why? Why? Because you want that pan red hot. Okay, without any fat on it. Yeah, no. without any fat on it. Get that pan red hot. What I normally do is when I do the classes with William Anglers um, and also at Homes Glen Tafe as well, mm. the pan will be on, it starts to smoke, people start freaking out. Yep. And then I go, this is going to take around about 10 seconds. Knob of butter, boom. It starts to um, go brown, that nuttiness comes through, but then abalone goes straight in, around about 8 to 10 seconds, it's done, you take it off, you serve it up. No salt? No. You, oh, look, you later, can, but if, but if oh. you, depends what you're putting it with. Yeah, okay. Like yesterday I made a uh, mango mint salad with it. You don't need, it's all got those beautiful natural flavours that come through it. Um, you know, the natural umami that comes from abalone as well, yeah. it's just second to none. But you, to, you can buy it yeah. ready, ready cooked. Okay. Peter's a chef, and you know, so he, he wants you to employ him. <laughs> so, but but well, an ordinary person can yes. buy it ready, ready cooked. So okay. Is that a new, Sorry, a new way of selling it? Is, that, so is it a cryovac ready cooked bag? Tell yes, us a bit yes. about that product. But, uh, yes, can I just yes. say on that one, because the great thing about the retort bag, the, you know, the ready, ready to, uh, to be used bag, is that for the people that don't know what they're doing, yep. this is a great way to say, you know what, all you have to do is open the bag, give, or we actually give it a bit of a tenderise first, mm. only for about 20 seconds or so, Yeah. right? <laughs> or you can just open it, and you can actually do razor-thin slices, and you're ready to go. Okay, That's and you a don't need to do... A bit of wasabi, a bit of soy sauce, you're done. Mix that up. If I wanted to buy a 
fresh abalone, as we said earlier, in terms of going to the shop and flake, now we know it has to be school shark or gummy shark. If I want to buy fresh abalone, what do I look for? What do I ask for? This well, is part you, of, you know, getting if, us to well, buy Well, if you it. go into any fishmonger for a start, you need to ask them questions. It doesn't matter what you buy there. I agree. You're, you just, you know, I always say to people, you walk into a fishmonger, fishmonger you ask where is their <coughs> fish from make sure that it is local as much as possible a lot of these guys will know where to get the abalone from there's uh through the abalone council of victoria there's a whole list of processes that you can actually get the abalone on the website through. we can yes yep absolutely okay. but if i'm buying a fresh abalone what you know what do i look for on, on there it's got to be moving Okay. Yeah, okay. I know it might be a silly question, no, but, no, I don't, yeah. but I just think, what, no, what do I want to know? That's a very important question yeah. because abalone is a muscle and when it dies, rigor mortis sets in big time yes. and very, very quickly. So um, I wouldn't buy a dead ab, all right? There's just no point. Yeah. It's got to be alive and it's got to be moving. So you want to go and in there and know the questions to ask, otherwise <coughs> I might be given right. a dead, you no, know, If you pick it up and it's not squirming, uh, you know, okay. you're, 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 on the wrong, you're on the wrong train. And well, they're yeah. different species, and they're, that, that's a, a, another process of education. Uh, they're quite different. They're radically different. Uh, Can you give us... We've and, only got a couple of minutes. Oh, well, there are those people that one. just love green lip versus people that love black lip, uh, and there the are other species in Australia, brown lip and so green forth. Green and black, what would be the major differences in their texture and flavour? Oh, uh, the green, from my point of view, has a, has a much stronger uh, taste. It's, it's perhaps a, a, bit more, a lot more nutty. Um, it looks different. It's got a green lip, right? Uh, the shell is extraordinarily beautiful, smooth, beautiful mother of pearl. Um, black lip, for example, is more preferred by the Japanese. It's more subtle. It's got a, a very unique, subtle taste. Uh, there are other abalone species in Australia that all have their own character. And you also get difference in character because they're, they're eating weed, okay? And so what the weed's like here versus down at a uh, Malacuta or, or uh, Conrad Point or something like that comes different. up with quite a different flavour. Wonderful. One uh, worth noting, all the food vendors that had abalone. We can't. Sorry? All the food vendors that had abalone sold out completely. Did they? Good to hear. Good. Guys, it's time for morning tea. I'm s thank you for this dis wonderful discussion. I want to take up a No, it's no good. Coffee. I'm not happy about this, really, because, I mean, the lobster people had far more time than the abalone people. Really, hey, that is just new. not next fair. year, next year. We're talking <laughs> abalone next year, that, young man. Thank you very much. That is typical Apollo Bay lobster mentality. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm... Kaz, that's it. Uh, it's time for morning tea. We'll be back at 11.30. Uh, Brenda Hillary, before oh, we go, before Richard, we go, yes, Richard, yes. Richard. No, we're not back at 11.30. We're back at 11.25. Before you go, I need your attention. One second. Who wants to go underwater right now? Who wants to go under the water right now? Virtually. We have a virtual reality headset that will take you Paul 80 West, metres please, below. Paul West. Jump over and go and see. Hand up, Adam, <laughs> Nari. Hands up. Go and see these people over there. over there. They'll put a headset on you and you can go underwater. Back here at 11.25. 11.25, not 11.30.